Across the country, more than 50 cities of all sizes have adopted ambitious goals to generate 100% of their electricity from renewable resources. But how do these cities plan to get there? In our new multi-part series, Voices of 100%, from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance's Local Energy Rules podcast, we're speaking with local leaders with insights about their city's 100% renewable energy commitments, how their cities plan to achieve their goals, and what these visionaries see as the future of local renewable energy. In this episode, John Farrell, Director of the Energy Democracy Initiative at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, speaks with Larry Atencio, council member and mayoral candidate from Pueblo, Colorado, a small city on the front range of the Rocky Mountains, once well known for its steel production. With the vocal support of council member Atencio, Pueblo recently made the plunge to commit to 100% renewable energy as the city continues to transform its local economy and energy system. This is Local Energy Rules, a podcast sharing powerful stories about local renewable energy. Larry, welcome to the program. Hello, thank you for the uh, call. So I am really excited to talk to you, first of all, about what it is that motivated Pueblo to make a commitment to 100% renewable energy. I am a Pueblo City Councilman, and I represent District 2, which is made up of mostly low to moderate income individuals. And my thinking was they're having a hard time with their uh, electricity bills and uh, their energy costs are sky high. We have the highest electricity costs in the state of Colorado here in Pueblo, Colorado. And my thinking was, how do we relieve some of the pressure financially on low to moderate income people? And uh, getting together with the Sierra Club and with other environmental groups, we talked about um, 100% renewable energy. And I thought, that is going to be a great way to reduce energy costs, not only for my constituents, but for the city as a whole. So that is the first thing that uh, made me think about renewable energy to begin with. And then the 100% renewable for cities came up, and I thought that was perfect. So I proposed a resolution to city council that Pueblo commit to 100% renewable. And is there a date by which uh, you're hoping to reach that goal uh, that's in the resolution, or is it just open-ended? It's not open-ended. We hope to make that commitment and become 100% renewable by the year 2035. Now, that's only an aspirational goal, but it's a goal nonetheless, and uh, I think we can achieve it. Could you tell me a little bit about how you worked with like local residents or the organization Pueblo Energy Future to uh, garner support in the community for making this goal? I got myself uh, a member of Pueblo's Energy Future, and through that organization, they are looking at uh, three basic concepts, and, and one is renewable energy, sustainable energy. Another one is... Um, uh, having uh, utility costs at, at a moderate level. And then the, the other is um, climate change. So between those three things, uh, our efforts in the Pueblo's energy, energy future is to uh, bring forward uh, things that will attain those goals. So how is that? I'm curious, this has been an interesting debate in different cities in Georgetown, Texas, who I spoke with, um, 
you know, they're, they have a municipal utility, so it's owned by the city and they can kind of make their decisions. Uh, you have an incumbent utility there, Black Hills Energy. It's an independent company. It's uh, not run by the city. How have they reacted to the city's goal? Um, you know, have they offered up any ideas about how they might help the city reach that goal? They, for the most part, are somewhat receptive to the idea. I'm working with Black Hills Energy and uh, the company to build uh, a few low-cost uh, solar gardens that will benefit low-income uh, customers. And we also work with Black Hills in terms of uh, deposits uh, when somebody gets their electricity turns off and their reconnect fees and then uh, other items that would uh, benefit low-income uh, customers. And there's been a little bit of history there that was alluded to in an article in Grist about, um, I guess they're relatively new in terms of their ownership of the utility, that you had a problem with the utility. Uh, was it going bankrupt or, or was no longer able to serve the community? No, the prior uh, utility that was here uh, they just decided they were going to go out of business, I guess. I don't know exactly why they did, but Black Hill stepped in, bought the uh, the infrastructure and everything that went with it. They built a new power plant right, right outside the city of Pueblo. So we'll have uh, sustainable energy for the city for years and years and years to come. But they took over, and uh, they've been our electric provider for the last almost 10 years. But in, in that time frame, I think you alluded to earlier that the electricity costs are the highest in the state. Um, and that that's is that a more recent phenomenon, or is that true even before Black Hills took over? No, it 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 came about when Black Hills took over. They built this new power plant, uh, a gas-fired power plant outside of the city of Pueblo, because uh, they are the only electric provider for the city of Pueblo. So they had to, they literally had to uh, build their own power plant to, to serve the city. Now, uh, the Public Utility Commission, of course, uh, gave them permission to recoup all of their uh, costs, and that is what led to the high uh, electricity bills for everyone. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in other places in Colorado. So Boulder, Colorado, uh, university town, relatively progressive, has famously been in a seven-year fight to take over its utility. Uh, they did, a, among other things, a feasibility study that suggested that by taking over the utility company, by making it a municipal utility, they could make the city's electricity system more renewable and more affordable. Um, I'm curious if you've had a lot of conversation yet about what strategies Pueblo could consider. You mentioned uh, working with Black Hills around some low-cost solar gardens, which I think sounds really interesting, and I'm uh, definitely going to look to see how those uh, develop. Are there other strategies that have been discussed in terms of projects that Black Hills would build specifically for Pueblo yeah. or, or anything else? Yeah, the city of Pueblo, uh, we developed, we put together a electric utility commission to see whether it would be feasible for the city of Pueblo to municipalize. I'm a co-chair of that committee and we are looking into each and every possible combination or option that we could use to bring those uh, electricity costs down for this, for our residents and for industry too, by the way. 
And is that process then ongoing? Have it, uh, or maybe you could it just talk ongoing. a little bit more about some of the questions that you're looking at. So municipalization is one of the options on the table. Have any other interesting ideas come up so far that you're uh, hoping to flesh out more? You might be in. Um you might uh, have some information on a gentleman by the name of Paul Fenn. Yes. He is uh, kind of the guru of um, community choice aggregation. We don't know a whole lot about what that entails, but we're looking at that. And we're going to ask Mr. Fenn to come and give a presentation to our Electric Utility Commission and uh, look into what that might entail. I, I was told by literally by the people in Boulder that if Colorado had community choice aggregation, that um, their possibility of going to municipal just might be different than what they're doing now. So uh, I think that would be a real big uh, thing to look at. And uh, aside from that, uh, rooftop solar has got to be considered, and of course, storage is is a big thing. With uh, with the, that's coming down the pike in the next few years, it's going to be uh, uh, possible that literally an individual homeowner just might be able to get off the grid completely. So the whole electric industry is going to change. Its paradigm is going to change completely over time. Are any of the strategies that you talked about um, or are looking at in terms of, for example, rooftop solar, things where the city is looking at strategies to uh, help people go solar? I, you know, For example, I think, I don't know if I think it was Boulder, but some other cities have done some interesting uh, work around like group purchasing. Uh, sometimes they're called solarized mm -hmm. campaigns uh, where you, you know, get a bunch of people to go solar at the same time. Has the city done anything like that yet or is that in the, in the works? No, not yet. Uh, what I hope to do, like you said, I'm going to hopefully uh, get to be mayor of the city of Pueblo. But if I do, what I'll do is one of the first things is commission uh, a, uh, a committee to look into our electrical needs and our ener energy needs and have a whole energy plan for the city of Pueblo. And that would entail all of the aspects of energy, uh, transportation, uh, efficiencies, solar, everything. We would look at absolutely everything and, and then come up with a plan for the city of Pueblo on how we're going to meet our energy needs for the next 50 years, say. You're listening to an interview with Larry Atencio from Pueblo, Colorado, as part of our Voices of 100% series from Local Energy Rules. Do you know of any folks we should interview about 100% renewable energy commitments in their community? If so, send us an email at voicesof100 at ilsr.org. That's voicesof100 at ilsr.org. Stay tuned for the rest of this episode after a short message from our Energy Democracy Initiative Director, John Farrell. Hey, thanks for listening to Local Energy Rules. If you've made it this far, you're obviously a fan, and we could use your help for just two minutes. As you've probably noticed, we don't have any corporate sponsors or ads for any of our podcasts. The reason is that our mission at ILSR is to reinvigorate democracy by decentralizing economic power. Instead, we rely on you, our listeners. Your donations not only underwrite this podcast, but also help us produce all of the research and resources that we make available on our website and all of the technical assistance we provide to grassroots organizations. 
Every year, ILSR's small staff helps hundreds of communities challenge monopoly power directly and rebuild their local economies. So please take a minute and go to ILSR.org and click on the Donate button. And if making a donation isn't something you can do, please consider helping us in other ways. You can help other folks find this podcast by telling them about it or by giving it a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The more ratings from listeners like you, the more folks can find this podcast and ILSR's other podcasts, Community Broadband Bits, and Building Local Power. Thanks again for listening. Now, back to the program. One of the things that I think was really highlighted in the Grist piece in which you were interviewed um, was this issue that you've already mentioned in terms of the your constituents being low and moderate income individuals or facing really expensive electricity bills. What do you see as the opportunity with renewable energy helping to address that cost issue? Uh, you know, how does renewable 100% renewable energy going to help? Well, uh, by going 100% renewable, for instance, uh, let me give you an idea. The city of Pueblo and all of its facilities, we will probably go 100% renewable for city facilities within the next five years. Reducing the cost of energy for the city of Pueblo will give us money from the uh, energy costs that we're spending now. If we go renewable, our energy costs will be much less. We'll be able to use that money in uh, low-income neighborhoods, or we'll be able to provide programs uh, by which we can raise the income level or uh, education, for instance, or job training, or whatever it might be. We might be able to have some money left over from our energy costs if we go 100% renewable to be able to put into the neighborhoods. Excellent. Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting is in the energy wonk world, we kind of follow the costs of renewables across the country and have found exactly what you mentioned, that we're seeing incredibly low prices for renewables. Um, I know Excel Energy, which is uh, also serves a lot of Colorado, big utility out there, recently received some very low-cost bids for renewable energy, uh, both from solar and from wind power, combined with energy storage. Has that uh, you know, the, I, I guess I shouldn't assume that that information is spreading like wildfire among ordinary folks, but it certainly has had a big impact in in my world where we look at energy prices and talk about costs of renewables a lot. Has it has that conversation trickled down to the conversation in Pueblo about how it, it, it could be so inexpensive? Yeah, it really has. Excel Energy, uh, they have uh, a Comanche one, two, and three power plant here in Pueblo. It's the largest power plant in the state of Colorado and probably one of the largest in Western uh, United States. But all of that energy in Pueblo goes 100 miles north to the uh, metropolitan Denver. So Pueblo gets none of that. It excels plan, hopefully if the PUC accepts it, and hopefully in September they'll accept it. Uh, Excel will shut down numbers one and two power plants thereby reducing their CO2 emissions by over 60%, which will really help the city of Pueblo in terms of uh, our health. And then they are going to replace that with uh, solar gardens and then uh, some solar gardens here in uh, Pueblo, but also wind energy across the state and up north and then uh, out on the eastern plains. So uh, with them going to uh, renewables, their whole portfolio, I believe somebody said, will be renewable uh, by 60% 
they'll be generating from renewable sources in the future, which is really big. Is um, is that comparable to what Black Hills Energy is doing? I mean, are they similarly shifting to renewables? Are they, you know, in the near future, or is or is that Excel uh, very different from the utility that's serving Pueblo? Frankly, I think the mindset of Excel, because they're shutting these power plants down probably ten years ahead of schedule, going to renewable. So it takes a mindset to go towards renewables rather than stay with the old paradigm of gas and coal-fired power plants. I might understand Black Hills staying with um, their gas-fired power plant because it's only seven or eight years old, so it's brand new. Its lifespan is probably 25, 30, 40 years old, 40 years, so um, their reluctance to go 100% renewable is might be understandable but by the same token the flood is coming and uh renewable energy is here and it's going to get bigger and better all the time and i don't think any uh power company is going to be out there is going to be able to fight the the, the tide larry i'm curious what advice would you give to either elected officials or to uh, folks who are concerned about affordable energy in other communities across the country uh, in terms of what they can do. What would you recommend, you know, if they're looking, should they follow your lead and be talking about 100% commitment? Is there some other next step? What's the best way to get started in this conversation if, you're, if you want to talk about affordable, clean energy? Yeah, I think what uh, most elected officials should probably know is that the electric, um, deli- delivering of electric power the paradigm and the industry is changing completely. And in the next, whether it's 50 years or 100 years, fossil fuels are a finite energy source. Renewable energy is non-exhaustible. We're going to have sun for millions of years. We're going to have wind for millions of years. That is the future. And for those who don't think so, you're going to get left behind. That's all there is to it. So thinking uh, 25, 50 years ahead is not a bad thing. Well, Larry, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, and I wish you the best of luck in your forthcoming campaign. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome, Larry. Uh, Nice to talk to you. Thank you. This has been our second episode of the Voices of 100% series with John Farrell, Director of the Institute for Local Self-Reliance's Energy Democracy Initiative, and Councilmember Larry Atencio from Pueblo, Colorado, speaking about what motivated Pueblo to commit to 100% renewable energy and how the city plans to get there. Tune back into the program in three weeks for our next episode in this series, where we'll be featuring the city of San Diego, California, and hearing the latest updates on their commitment to go all-in on renewable energy. For more information on cities that have committed to 100% renewable energy, check out the other episodes in this series and explore ILSR's interactive community power map, which is available at ILSR.org. While you're on our website, you can also find more than 50 past episodes of the Local Energy Rules podcast. You can sign up for one of our newsletters and connect with us on social media. Until next time, keep your energy local and thanks for listening.